The time for mourning 2020 is over. It's time to rise up from the ashes, where instead of the ashes, we take that oil of gladness where we pour it over us, and then everywhere we go, we carry that smell of perfume to remind us that Jesus has taken away the mourning. Are you looking for meaning or a word from God that's relevant to your life? Are you searching for a better understanding of who God is? Well, you're in the right place. You found the Gary Talks About God podcast. This is a weekly podcast that comes to you from the pulpit of Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church in Germantown, North Carolina. The podcast is hosted by Red Bank Senior Pastor Gary Sanders. Now let's get ready to take that walk through God's Word with our pastor, teacher, and friend. Hey, he's that guy we call Gary. You have your Bibles? Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We will be back in our study of Peter next week. But this morning, I'm going to ask a really big question and then attempt to ask it, to answer it, which I think we can. And the question is, what does the world need in 2021? <laughs> now that 2020 is officially over, uh, hopefully we can retire uh, the words unprecedented, unparalleled, unrivaled, unmatched, extraordinary. Un- hopefully we can retire all those uh, adjectives to describe 2020, just, just retire that category. And as we come into the new year, we're, a lot of people are looking at it and thinking, all right, What's it going to bring? Last week, uh, while in between Christmas and New Year's and taking a couple of days of vacation, one of my jobs, one of my tasks was, I was like, all right, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to make another calendar. And so I printed off my, my monthly calendars and I put it on my, my board and stuck it beside my desk and I filled it in to the best of my ability of what I know is going to happen this year. And I just stood back and I was like, all right, we can do this this year. You know, what I need is not to be a a whole lot of red X's on that calendar this year. And I'm sure if you ask people, what what do you need in 2021? I mean, the answers are going to be so varied, right? I mean, at top of the list, COVID to go away. What do we need in 2021? COVID to go away, whether supernaturally or through vaccination or through herd immunity or a combination of all three or whatever else we haven't thought. We want that to go away. What, What else do you need in 2021? People will probably say, uh, I, I know the jobs and, and opening and closing has impacted everybody, and it's kind of like a roller coaster. And it's like if we could just have some security, some straight line on, on jobs or uh, on, on my job or, or something like that, or our finances, just, just something flat for a year would be nice instead of opening or up and down and, and around and everything else. Uh, you know, the, the old joke about that you always see in old beauty pageants that they would ask the contestants, what do you want? And they would say world peace, right? You know, that, that was the kind of the joke, the default answer, world peace. Well, world peace would be good in 2021 as well. That would be nice, but we know that that actually won't happen until Christ returns. So we can just take that one off, off for 2021. But we can be peacemakers, right? I mean, there's so much that, that we want to see happen in 2021. And I think part of it is because 2020 was such an upheaval, right? Everything got sideways. Everything was weird. Everything changed on us. What we need, I would suggest to you in 2021, is, is something that doesn't change. We, we need some unchanging truths as we head into 2021. Some things that it doesn't matter how sideways or weird the year might go, it doesn't change. 
And there are some things that the world needs to see. And as we go to Luke chapter 4 this morning, and Luke chapter 4 is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, I think we find the answers there. So I'd like to begin reading in verse 14 and just read down to verse 21. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about Him went out through all the surrounding country. And He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And He came to Nazareth, where He had been brought up. And as was His custom, He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to Him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And He rolled up the scroll and He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on Him, and He began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. When we come to Luke chapter 4, and we're really going to focus on Luke 18 to, to 19 in just a few minutes, but we need to, to walk through those first few verses at the beginning of Luke 4. It says, he comes back into Galilee. This is the beginning of his ministry. So Luke 4 occurs right after the temptations. He's been in the wilderness. He's been uh, tempted by Satan. He's overcome those. And it says he comes now into Galilee. And it makes a very specific statement. It says he returns in the power of the Spirit. So as Jesus begins his ministry after the temptations, he does not go into Galilee kind of uh, a boxer who at the end of 12 rounds wins, but is beaten, battered, and bruised. And if you just saw him by himself, you wouldn't think that he won. That's, he doesn't limp into Galilee. He goes into Galilee confident and triumphant and in the power of the Spirit. So everything that's about to happen, his teaching, his miracles, his, his preaching, everything is going to be done in the Spirit of God. And he goes into the region of Galilee. Now think of a really small state, bigger than a county, but but smaller than North Carolina. So maybe the, the Piedmont Triad area, a good size area. He goes into this region to start preaching. And he begins to preach. And as he begins to preach, he travels around and his fame begins to grow. People start to hear him. People start to know about him. They know who he is. They know what he's teaching. And people are amazed by his teaching. It says that, that people are starting to glorify him. Word is getting out. This, this Jesus guy, he's got a, a message that needs to be heard. So then he goes to Nazareth, which is his hometown, which is also in the region of Galilee, kind of the southern part. And he goes into Nazareth, and it says, when he came there, it says, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Now, that, that is important for a couple reasons. The synagogue was not only a place of, of worship, it was also the place of education and, and, and the social center of the city. So Jesus going to the synagogue on the Sabbath tells us he wasn't going there to talk to the elders about what's happening in the city. He wasn't going there to learn. He was going there that morning to worship, as was his custom. His custom was that on the Sabbath, he was in the synagogue to worship. 
Now, as he goes into worship, his fame has is, is kind of preceded him. And as was the custom of that time, if a famous or a well-known traveling teacher was in the synagogue, they would be asked to read from the scroll and to teach. And that's what's happened. The attendant says to him, hey, Jesus is here. Would you like to teach? He says, all right. So he gets up. The, 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 roll, the scroll is given to him. And now, now notice this again. He takes the scroll, and did you see where it says, found the place where it is written? Which tells us what? It tells us that Jesus went to this passage deliberately. Right? He didn't just open it, Isaiah, okay, I'll just read Isaiah chapter 1. All right, here we go. He went deliberately to Isaiah, what we would say is chapter 61. They didn't have verse markers and, and heading markers back then, so it would take a little bit of looking to see where in the scroll. Imagine if this morning you had a Bible with no anything in it, no verses, no chapters, no page numbers, and I said, turn to Luke. Some of you might still be turning to Luke. It would take a minute to get there. So Jesus deliberately goes to Isaiah chapter 61 and begins to read. And then he finishes the message and he says, I tell you today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He says, everything that you, I just read has been fulfilled in me. I have fulfilled this for you. And what he reads from Isaiah 61 and what he tells them that morning are the unchanging truths that the world needs to see from us this year. They were unchanging when he read them and they're unchanging now. And so this morning, the answer to what does the world need, I want to give you four unchanging truths. Okay, and the first one is this. The world needs to know the mission of Jesus has not changed. Okay, the world needs to know the mission of Jesus has not changed. Hopefully, this will be the last time in the sermon this morning I say that 2020 brought us all kinds of changes. Everything changed. Work family structures, recreation, where you could go, where you couldn't go, modes of transportation, everything changed. How we do church, Red Bank changed radically in 2020, right? Those of you watching at home, it was a big step for us in March to be online March 15th. Guys, shout out to Donnie to, to give him credit for that. I know churches when this happened, they, they didn't. They were, not, they were offline for a, two, three months before they were online. We didn't miss a beat. But that's different. That was a change for everything changed. I mean, we still got green painters tape on the church pews for crying out loud. Maybe we can get rid of that this year. But the one thing that the world needs to know is that the, the mission of Jesus has not changed. As he reads this, he says, look, this, this is what is happening. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed him to what? Jesus has come to proclaim the good news. You, you go through there and look. He, he's proclaiming. He, he's proclaiming the good news. He's proclaiming liberty. He's recovering sight. He, he's proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. That mission has not changed. Jesus then and Jesus now continues to be the good news. And Jesus says, I I've come to tell you this. Look, look at what he's saying. I've come to preach the good news. I've come to preach it to the poor because the sin impoverishes. 
He said, I've, I've come to preach it to them to bring you the good news that you can be taken out of the poverty of sin. He says, that I've come to, to proclaim uh, liberty to the captives. So those who are, are bound and, and sin has taken captive, he says, I've come to proclaim liberty to you. I've come to break those bonds. He said, I've, I've come to recover sight to you. So those sin blinds, right? Sin you can't see and you can't get out of it. It keeps you in the dark. He says, I have come to give you light so that you can see your way and I've come to take that sin away from you. He says, I'm set at liberty those who are oppressed. Sin oppresses. It just weighs you down. It's, it's like a weight. Just, you know, just it's, it's on your shoulders and you can't, you can't do anything. You can't move. That's why we saw Jesus says, come and you know, take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My yoke is not oppressive like sin. Throw off the sin and then come with me. Jesus says, I've, I've, I've come and I'm going to pick up that burden of sin and I'm going to take it off of you. I've come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now this is probably an allusion to the year of Jubilee where every 50th year basically what happened was there was a, a gigantic resetting of everything in the nation of Israel. Debts were removed. Those who were in slavery were released. It, it, was, it was really a year of celebration to the Lord. You didn't even plant crops or grow things in the year of Jubilee because God provided so much in the year previously that it just it, it, the, the food was there for the next year. And it was a time of great celebration and joy. Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm going to stretch the point a little bit to say it was a year of vacation. But can you imagine just saying, all right, 2021 or 20, it's, it's just going to be a year of vacation. You just get to celebrate and, and worship. Jesus says, that's what I've come to do. And in doing so, he's saying, I have come to remove you from sin. That was his mission. And we see that in the way he describes it. And that mission has not changed. In 2021, the world needs to hear that. It needs to hear that Jesus is still doing that. All right, Jesus is still uh, proclaiming the good news. He is still uh, liberating captives. He is still giving sight to the blind. He is still setting at liberty those who are oppressed. And he's still proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor to all those who come to know him as Lord and Savior. That has not changed. And the world needs to hear that. Secondly, the world needs to hear the power of the gospel has not changed. The world needs to hear the power of the gospel has not changed. If you were to ask somebody at the beginning of last year, what would be the most powerful force or most powerful thing that you could think of that could happen in, in 2021, what, or, or just what, if, if I say power, what, what do you think? Now, we would think of all kinds of things, right? I mean, airplanes are kind of powerful with the jets and the thrusters and, 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 and everything. We, we would think of the power of maybe nuclear reactors and just uh, that type of power. There, there's no telling where our minds would go when we would think of, of, of power. But if we really would have thought about it, we would have not said that the greatest power in the world in 2020 would have been a microscopic germ. But it was. Because of its devastating effect and everything that happened. It, it, it was powerful. 
But you know what? We're, we're starting prayerfully to see the power of it wane. With the vaccinations coming out and, 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 and it kind of running its course, we're, we're praying that, that it, it, it's going to end, that its power is going to be thwarted and limited, right? Even if we go back in history and we see the Spanish flu of 1918, that, that, that power is not here anymore, right? It, it, it died a long time ago. What the world needs to hear is that the power of the gospel has not changed. The power of the gospel is the power unto salvation. And that will not change. The gospel is still everything that can save us. I know right now that the world is looking for Moderna or for for Pfizer or for whoever else it is developing the vaccine to save us. But I got news for you. As thankful as I am for those scientists and the ability to formulate vaccines and everything that goes into it in, in, a, in science and an understanding that I can't possibly comprehend, they will not save us. Will they help get rid of COVID? Absolutely. But they are not the great saviors that we need. The Savior that we need is Jesus Christ. And the world needs to know that, and they need to know that the gospel, the good news, that He has come to save them from their sins, has not changed. They need to know that the transforming power of the gospel has not changed. When you look at what Jesus says here, look look at at, at the transformation, right? The The poor become rich because they have heard the gospel. The captives are freed. The brokenhearted, he takes those who are brokenhearted and he takes that heart and he he mends it back together. He takes those who are mourning and, and turns them into people of joy. But not just here. Think, think bigger scope. Think of what you see, what Jesus does throughout His ministry and what the Gospel offers. Right? The, the Gospel changes us from what? A sinner to a saint. It moves us from death to life. We, we go from being a, a, children, uh, a child of the world to, to a child of the King. We, we go from condemnation to being justified. We go from a, a people who, who, are, who is not God's people to, to someone who is God's people. We go from God not being our God to God being our God. There, there is a great transforming power of the Gospel. And the world needs to hear that. They need to hear that when you come to Jesus Christ through the Gospel, that you are no longer condemned Therefore, there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what the world needs in 2021. To hear the power, the transforming power of the Gospel. Thirdly, the world needs to see the commission of the church has not changed. The world needs to see the commission of the church has not changed. What the church does is still what the church does. Now we can, we can discuss, and you always kind of have to throw this out there when you discuss the mission of the church and, and, and understanding that, all right, times change in the way that Paul ministered, in the way that Luke ministered, and, and, and the way that the disciples ministered is radically different 
than the way the church ministers today. I understand that. Things change. I, I got it. But what we're told to do does not change. So when we go to Matthew chapter 28 and we read the Great Commission, and we read where Jesus is saying to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's our commission to go and make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to teach them God's Word. That hasn't changed. The mission of the church to go and minister to the community and be salt and light in our community has not changed. Right? The church, we're an outpost of heaven. I mean, you, you, that, that's, that's what the church is. I remember watching uh, old Western movies and they'd send the cavalry out and, and, and they'd, they'd, they'd create an outpost somewhere on the, the frontier, right? And that was kind of as, that, that was the outpost. That was where they were the, the lead party. And they would go there and kind of build a fort there and, and then people would come and towns would grow up and then they would go a little further out and build another outpost, right? It was kind of the U.S. was creeping across the West. And we understand that. We've seen that in history. Well, that's what Red Bank is. Red Bank is an outpost of heaven. And what we're supposed to be doing is we're on the battle, we're on the, the battle lines. And we're supposed to be using Red Bank as the outpost of heaven to go into the community, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach them, to minister to the community. That, that, that commission has not changed. And the world needs to know that Red Bank is going to continue to do that in 2021. And it's my prayer, and we all know friends and family and loved ones that goes to other churches as well. Our prayer needs to be not just that Red Bank continues to do that in 2021, but that other churches do as well. So pray for our brothers and sisters and churches around us. That, that their church is an outpost of heaven will continue with the commission that, that we have been given. But then finally, and the world needs to witness the faith of believers has not changed. Now, I, I, I wrote that cautiously for this reason. The object of our faith <laughs> has not changed. The one that we place our trust and our faith in has not changed. Jesus has not changed. The world needs to see that. The world needs to see that as they continue to look for saviors from uh, pharmaceutical companies or from political parties or, or from new philosophies or from whatever they are trying to find their faith in and then find out, hey, that, that their object of their faith has, has failed them, doesn't bring them what they thought. They need to see in believers, they need to witness an unshakable faith in God an unshakable faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who saved us. Right? James gives us that, that illustration of a boat. 
right? Where, think of a little dinghy-sized boat. And they would have understood this being up near the Sea of Galilee where storms would would suddenly come in over the mountains and, and sweep through. And you've probably been in a, a, a boat at some point where you're out on a lake or something and the water just got really choppy and your boat is, your boat is doing this. And you're thinking at any moment now, the waves are going to topple me and my little boat right over. And James says, do not be like one whose faith is like that boat who the waves comes and just thrashes about because we're tossed and we're turned and, and our faith is placed in this thing over here in this institution. It, it doesn't fail us and it rocks us and so we put our faith in this institution over here and it doesn't work so it rocks us back the other way and we just, we're rocked back and forth between faith in this institution and it failing and this one and it failing or this person and it failing and this hope and it failing. James says, you're not supposed to be like that. Our faith is in Jesus Christ, the one who is described as the rock, the one who is described as when the rains come and, and the floods come, does not move. The world needs to witness the faith of believers that we are squarely and securely anchored into the rock of Jesus Christ and our faith is not going to move with the changing tides of the world. At the same time, the world needs to witness our faith growing. It does not change, meaning the object of our faith does not change, and our, our, our just focus on Christ does not change. However, our faith needs to be growing. Our faith does not need to be stagnant. Right? As, as we start 2021, I hope that you're starting the year with a faith that is larger than it was at the beginning of 2020. And as we go through 2021 and we get here in 2022, I hope that your faith then will be larger than it is now. The world needs to see and witness the faith of believers is a growing faith, that we believe in what we proclaim. 2021 is going to give us an opportunity and give you an opportunity to demonstrate to the world that your faith is growing. That you're committed to Christ and His kingdom. Let me just toss out a couple for you. This year, there, there, there are going to be outreach efforts from Red Bank. There are going to be ways that we minister in the community. Commit now to be a part of that. Commit now to be a part of one, two, or three, or however many we have. If you were part of two last year, commit to three this year. It's all right to increase your faith. God, God smiles on that. Last year, you, you, you did an amazing job in giving. Maybe you want to commit this year to giving a little bit more than last year. That, that's one of the things that we're doing. We, we, Alana and I, and our, we're, we're increasing our giving this year. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe last year you were... But, with these stokes and the item of the month and our mission item of the month, you, you, you gave half a year. You gave six times. Maybe this year commit to give 12. Maybe this year you, you want to commit and you're on day three and, and you're going, man, on day three I'm already behind in my Bible reading. That's all right. Don't, don't give up. Commit to reading your Bible every day. Maybe this year you want to commit to pray for, for the, the ministry of Red Bank like you, you increase that prayer. 
Maybe just block out a time to, to pray every day. You last, last, last year you did pretty good. You, you, you added, you know, like 50, 500, I guess is, is the percent. You know, about three days a week or four and a half, four days a week you prayed. And so this year you want to, let's hit the five or the seven day mark. There, there are ways to increase your faith. And what the world needs to see in 2021 is that while the object of our faith has not changed, our faith is growing and it's increasing. That's what the world needs. Think about the testimony that will be. In a world right now that is so focused, I mean, almost just to the primal level of survival, right? I mean, the world is just now trying to figure out how to survive. Imagine what the world will see and what the world will witness when they see believers in Christ saying, you know what, I'm not surviving, I'm going to thrive and I'm going to grow in my faith. That's going to be a witness to the world that the world needs to see. So this this year, those are some unchanging truths that the world needs to see. And what I want to do is, as, as we go as we close this morning, I want to go just quickly. You don't need to turn there, but I'm just going to go to Isaiah 61 and read a passage of Isaiah 61 that Jesus doesn't quote, but helps us close this morning. As He's talking to them, as Isaiah writes, and Jesus quotes the first part of Isaiah 61, in verse 3 Isaiah says, "...to grant to those who mourn in Zion..." to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. The, the imagery there. Those unchangeable truths and what God is going to do, and what Jesus is going to do to understand that He is going to move us, that we don't need to continue to pour ashes on our head and mourn. The time for mourning 2020 is over. It's time to rise up from the ashes. Where instead of the ashes, we take that oil of gladness where we pour it over us and, and we wear it where it drowns, uh, it wipes the ashes away. And then everywhere we go, we carry that, that smell of perfume to remind us that Jesus has taken away the mourning. So that instead of having a faint spirit, that we have a garment of praise, that we are praising people, that instead of that we can be called oaks of righteousness, that we're planted firmly, that God may be glorified. If this morning, if we let the world know that the mission of Jesus has not changed, if we let them know that the power of the gospel has not changed, if we let them see that the, the commission of the church has not changed, and we let them see that the faith, the object of our faith has not changed, then we're going to be a thing of gladness and beauty, and we're going to wear a garment of praise and be a praising people, and that the world around us is going to rise up, take notice, and want to have what they do not. This morning... That is what 2021 needs more than anything else. Will you commit with me this morning to do and to be those people in 2020? You've been listening to the Gary Talks About God podcast. Are you looking for a church? Well, Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church is a community of believers who exist to glorify God and see transformed lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
You can find us on the web at www.redbankmbc.com. Also, come visit us on Sunday at 8104 Red Bank Road in Germantown, North Carolina. Did you like this podcast? We put one out each and every week, so don't forget to subscribe. We hope this has been a blessing to you, and we thank you for listening.